Warning, the following video contains strong language which may be offensive to some viewers or inappropriate for children. The content within this video is intended for mature audiences only. Welcome to another episode of Wrestling the Rat Game. And as you see, we have a special guest. We have Misha Montana in the building. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, dude? I'm doing amazing. Um, as um, as you see, this is a different scenery. Uh, she was nice <laughs> enough to let us into her home to yeah, shoot this. Yeah, I'm excited that you guys are here. This is fun. Welcome to the office. Yes. Slowly adding pieces <laughs> to it. Empty book bookshelf, but that's okay. We'll add to it as we go here. We do read, you know. People probably think I can't read from time to time, but I, I can't, I promise. There's one book up there. The Be a Man Guy. That okay. was a gift. He's awesome. So. <laughs> Oh, um, again, I want to thank you for your time um, with just take, coming on here. It's uh, We really appreciate it um, over here at Wrestling the Rap Game. No, um, thank you for having me. I'm happy absolutely. to be here. Absolutely. And um, for those of for those of the people who don't know, um, give them a little bit of your backstory. Well, I am an award-winning adult film star and director. I am also the chief brand officer and only female director for a company called Alterotic, which is a leading company in alternative porn. Um, I've won my first directing award under them, so that's pretty exciting. I also am a stroke survivor and advocate for stroke awareness, as well as humanizing the adult industry, so I wear many hats in, in that form, but, you know, all kinds of exciting things. Well, I mean, <clears throat> one of the things you, excuse me. <clears throat> one of the things you said was a stroke survivor like that's how did that happen well the stroke <laughs> the stroke story is wild like it's crazy because i got the vaccine and i'm you know cautious to say like you know what it was exactly because certain things they'll censor it but um i got the vaccine in 2021 and then a week later i got a blood clot that I didn't know I had, obviously. And it traveled to my heart, and I had an undiagnosed heart condition at the time. And it's called a PFO, so I had a hole in my heart. And it went through the hole, shot up to the left side of my brain, and then caused me to have a stroke. So, and I didn't know I was having a stroke. And of course, at the time I had the stroke, I was having sex with a former partner, a motocross guy I was seeing at the time. And uh, actually, like, in the middle of having sex and not being able to talk and noticing that my whole side of my face was drooped out and I lost control of the right side of my upper body. And then I ended up driving myself to the hospital the next day, two and a half hours to the hospital. And so I was in the wow. middle of nowhere. Just every circumstance, like, everything that went along with it was just, like, the perfect storm of circumstances to be, like, the furthest away from any place you could be with, you know, having sex and doing all these things. And like, I could have been literally anywhere else. Like, you know, I work in LA. I was living in Reno at the time and commuting. So like I could be in Reno, it could be in LA, it could be wherever in a city where you'd be nearby a hospital, but no, of course not. It never works out that way. So, um, but yeah, so the stroke was crazy. Um, to say the least, I was in the hospital about a week and then, had to go through really extensive speech therapy, physical therapy, occupational therapy with my hand. I couldn't brush my teeth. I couldn't do a lot of things with it. So, but it ended up like the stroke was great because it allowed me opportunities that I never would have had before. And it really, you know, opened up a whole new world and changed my perspective on life and gave me the ability to like help other people that have gone through things in the past. So, um, it's really a wonderful gift in a lot of ways. So, yeah, I mean, that's intense. It was, like, it was intense. People don't believe, they're like, there's no way that's a real story. Like it is. That's what happened. That is intense. And yeah. do you have any like, like stuff like bells, like every now and then bells palsy to come in and out? Well, that's what you, when, you know, when you look things up, when they happen to you, Bell's palsy was one of the first things that popped up, like on the Google search. Yeah. Where you're like, am I going to die? And this is the time they're like, yeah. go to the hospital. But you're like, nah, Google's overreacting, yeah. you know, I, um, I don't have like any more episodes. If I were to have another stroke, 
my risk is high of having another stroke, especially like the first year after it was really high to have another stroke and a heart attack. So I was really like paranoid about that the whole time too. Like having another stroke would have been, you know, devastating. So you just have this like lingering fear. Like even sometimes I'll have like anxiety attacks and you feel like, I'm like, oh my God, is this going to happen again? But the thing is with like strokes, even heart attacks, there's no warning like coming. There wasn't for me. I mean, I can't remember anything changing, you know, where it was like uh, something painful or I think heart attacks are different in that sense where, but even then, I mean, I think a lot of people say that they never knew they were having a heart attack too, which to me is crazy because you think like massive heart attack. When you see like the movies and there's like the... (gasps) Yeah, you're like, you're shutting down slowly. But like my uncle died of a massive heart attack. He was an emergency room doctor at the emergency room and he died of a heart attack because he like went and laid down in his office and and died. So like, you know, to not know the signs, even like as somebody who is a a doctor, you know. So it's like for normal people to to try to experience that with, recognizing the signs is is difficult and for me being 30 years old and having a stroke and thinking you know i knew nothing about strokes i don't think most people do you know so and it's becoming more common like more young people are having strokes like all the time and even like justin bieber's wife Haley bieber had a stroke like it's crazy how many people are having them now so combination of factors but i'm very happy that I'm alive, one. So, and I got most of my face back. So that was great. Cause that was, you know, something I was super afraid of was, you know, being like, and that's not even coming from a vanity perspective. It's just like, it's terrifying to like lose half of the feeling in your body and then be like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get this back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I'm, I uh, suffered from Bell's palsy. Oh, you did? Yeah. Um, when <sighs> I was in eighth grade. Really? Yeah. What happened when you had your same kind of thing? Uh, yeah, just I was I woke up and half my face was just drooping. <sighs> and uh, oh, you look great! I it came back it. too. I, for the most part, I yeah. still have like, like my eye every now oh, and then. Oh yeah. Um, but um, yeah, no. Uh, I, I it happened at the perfect time. I had a uh, eighth grade graduation photos. Oh no! It was while you're having photos. It, it happened like. Three days before. Oh no! So your photo. So my photo, I I look uh, I look very it's not an appealing picture. It's not oh my a... god! Well, but that's the thing. It's kind of you know at the time you're like, man, I don't want pictures of this. Like I didn't take enough pictures. I feel like because of looking at it now too, I can't even believe it. Like right after and taking the photos and when I was in the hospital, we actually started Alterotic, did um, an adult documentary. Mm-hmm called the showcase which is common in the adult industry they do star showcases which is you know they pick a performer and then they have them do you know whatever scenes to do in their showcase so they wanted to do a showcase but they made it documentary style so my stroke was in the showcase and it was very unique it's the most nominated uh star showcase ever so um really cool because it was so unique and then um, all that documentary footage, trying to turn it into a mainstream documentary also. So I have tons of footage from it. And just like even going through it, it's like day and night difference between, you know, how you were then to now. And being the ability to talk, I think, was the most noticeable. Yeah. Like, and then having to learn how to talk again is a lot of facial exercises as well. So much like speech. Well, and I like they wouldn't let me eat in the hospital. For a while, like a few days, they're like, you have to have liquid because they didn't know if I could swallow or not. So, I mean, that's just, that's crazy. The 30 years old having a stroke, like that's scary. Very, very scary. And I'm glad you're here. Like, glad you're fine, healthy, as you see, baby on the way. I know. Can you believe that? Like, I mean, (laughs) uh, probably not when, when, you know, when that was happening, you probably like. Furthest thing from, well, you know, what was interesting is after. Because I had uh, heart surgery afterwards, too, to close that hole. So, like, a month after I had the stroke, I did an award-winning, not winning, I should have won, award-nominated scene uh, with a heart monitor on a month after I had the stroke. So, I had my heart monitor on prepping for surgery, 
And then I had the heart surgery a couple weeks after that. And one of the things, you know, I was talking to my heart, my cardiologist about, I was like, can I have kids in the future? Is this like, you know, and at that point, that was kind of the furthest thing from my mind. But I mean, all these things kind of, once you start getting like your normal life back, then you start thinking of like, wow, can I actually like have children? And there were several doctors I considered a high risk pregnancy. So I have a fetal like neonatal doctor that I have to go to regularly that monitors baby's heart and my heart. I actually was in the hospital. Most, they, they covered it in the media. I had um, an infection, just bizarre things that your body does, of course, um, a couple months ago. And it just was antibiotic resistant, which was terrifying. And of course, being pregnant, you can't treat anything normally and my body like it's never not responded to antibiotics before but then being pregnant changed everything so i ended up in the emergency room and then was released with antibiotics for this infection that i had the infection didn't go away a couple days later matt was actually wrestling um in the pay-per-view in detroit is it fast lane is that the one SummerSlam. summer 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 that was it so he wasn't here and I was like by myself with my son trying to deal with that. And I couldn't like walk. It was this crazy infection. It's the craziest thing that's ever happened. And it blew up. It was like, it ended up being like cellulitis. But I had like a cyst the size of a grapefruit that then started to like, it like burst. And it was horrible. It was like, it was a really nasty situation. Ended up back in the hospital and I was hospitalized for nine days which is crazy. Like even when I had a stroke, I wasn't in the hospital nine days, but they couldn't get me to respond to antibiotics. And it was scary. That was a scary one. And then my kidneys started to fail because they're pumping just so much stuff in your system. It dropped my kidney function. So then that was the biggest concern was once they got, they figured out the antibiotics, they're like, oh, we actually can't give you antibiotics these ones because now your kidneys are failing (laughs) so it was like one thing after another and they would blow out my veins like every time they would put i they had to put ivs like i had them in my fingers at the end of it because they blew out every single vein that i had because these antibiotics were like burning through the ivs or something i was like how do you is this safe to have like antibiotics that like burn holes in your veins or whatever According to the medical staff in Florida, very, very helpful and a questionable. Don't make that face. I made that face too. I was like, <laughs> I don't know about this, but they took really good care of me and the baby. And that was terrifying. So I'm very happy that everybody came out of that, you know, alive and well. And I was concerned about it, you know, with the baby too. Like, and, but they were also, so the benefits of being pregnant in the hospital, they're very, very careful. <laughs> with you i I would hope so they're very careful they were monitoring me like crazy so i was really happy for that but you know just these weird things that happen and you just don't have any chance to prepare for things like that you know Mm -hmm. and didn't know what it was going to be like i mean almost two weeks in the hospital is a long time so and i was so ready to get out of there i did not want to be in the hospital at all so Luckily, we're here, happy, yeah. healthy. We're only six weeks away from baby, so. Are you having a boy? Or? We're having a boy, and we're actually having a boy. And I, you know, we're tossing like names around, so it'll be fun to see. We picked, I think we picked the one that we want. It was my idea. When it comes out, it was my idea. People will think it's not, but it was my idea. So future reference, that's an exclusive. <laughs> it was my idea. Okay. Um, I mean, that's got to be exciting, you know. Super exciting. We're super excited. And, you know, this is my second boy. It's Matt's second boy. So, very exciting. I have a six-year-old that has cerebral palsy. So, you know, a handful he is. But it's nice to have a brother and just a lot of boys in the family, which I'm stoked about. Everyone's like, oh, did you want a girl to, like, balance it out? I was like... Girls seem like they're so much harder to me than boys, you know? <laughs> I'm happy with, with having boys. Like, I'm totally good with it. Girls are dramatic, so I'm happy. Going back to your to your career, I mean, pretty modeling, 
um, director, yeah, uh, actress, multi, multi talented, <laughs> business owner, yeah, every all kinds of things. Yeah, I mean, probably things that you don't get enough credit for. Thank you, I agree. <laughs> Lots of things. Well, people, it's not. I feel like you know we get enough credit for it, but it's that. People fixate a lot once they find out, you know, what I do with the people are fascinated by the adult stuff, Mm -hmm. which I understand. There's this just this human curiosity about adult entertainment. And especially with people like myself and others that come from like a pretty normal background, too. And like, you know, went to college, have degrees, traveled that path people are perplexed even further by that because they're of the stereotypes of, you know, the drugs and the alcohol and, you know, all the, the different like stereotypes that kind of coexist with, with adult stars that there's, you know, the oh, okay. stigma. That- they just see that you're an adult entertainer or that you're, that you're, uh, you're dating Matt Riddle. You, yeah. they don't, they miss the, all the accolades that you actually do have. As you see, you have the, some some of the awards There's here a couple of them yeah yeah and um yeah like how, how do you feel about like them not seeing these accolades that you've achieved with your own hard work you know i think it's interesting being under the magnifying glass so much now because i've always kind of even in my professional career i've taken on the role to try to humanize the entire industry and you know putting myself out there a lot more than you know a lot of people dare to do for good reason because you know we're not viewed as humans you know it's especially in uh the adult world like i think you know celebrities in general get dehumanized so often but when you add like the sex element to it it's out the window, you know? So the way we're treated is just like atrocious. So I made it a mission to take on that cause, to try to make an example of myself and to show like elements of my life to try to, you know, show people like we're human beings. Like we have health problems. We have families. We, you know, people love us and we have educations. We have hobbies. We're real people, you know? And, in doing so, you know, it's been, it's interesting to see, you know, people respond to that. And I, I have been fortunate enough pre-wrestling involvement, mostly, <laughs> to have pretty positive feedback with, you know, a lot of the causes that I've taken on and the projects and things that I've wanted to do. That being said, um, being in the wrestling community has been a very interesting experience. Um, good and bad, (laughs) but you know, it's, it's just makes it that much more important to continue to do that. Um, you know, you kind of feel lost in the sauce sometimes when people just label you a certain way or like, you know, it's like they refer to me as like the porn star, this and the porn star girlfriend and da, 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 da. And it's like, there's so much more to me. And it's also like, it's a negative connotation to use it in. It's not like. It, they're using it in a positive or flattering way. They're not saying way. like award-winning, yeah. award-nominating. Yeah, exactly. It's just like if they try to use it as, in a negative light. Yeah, it's like a slur in yeah. a sense. You know, like they're they're trying to to add this this element to me by putting that in the title. Like they could just use my name alone, you know, but that wouldn't sell articles or clicks for them. So that's there's that, and I understand it too. And like again, there's like this fixation, you know, and the biggest thing for me is that I never wanted it to impact like his Mm -hmm. work and we live in a society. It's like so unfortunate that, that that would even be considered viable. Like that, that would be a realistic possibility that someone as an adult, you know, who makes adult choices not harming anyone, there's no harm coming from our relationship but for people to look at it in such a negative light where it could potentially negatively influence his career is crazy. So, and it's unfortunate. Um, and, but that's what, you know, and I, I almost took offense to it initially because of just how, you know, I pride myself on the work, the philanthropy and the causes that I support. And just in general, just 
trying to be the most decent person I can be. And for them to just slander you just relentlessly is so unfair to me. Um, and it's disappointing, but it's also, that's the society that we live in. So again, you can take it a couple different ways. You can let it bother you, you know, which it, it does, you know, you're human. It does from time to time, but I'm so used to it now that I'm like, there's really nothing you can say to me that bothers me at this point because I've been hearing it for 20 years, you know? Now, do you think, um, it's the time that we're in, like, such as the social media, do you think that plays a factor into 100%. Okay. <laughs> I would say that social media is 99% related. Like, that people have lost, one, their fucking minds. Two, they've lost touch with, like, reality and, you know, each other. And going outside and touch grass more often would be a good idea. Like, I can't believe some of the stuff that people think that they can get away with saying online. And I've actually been one of my new like projects that I want to start working on because I was involved in politics for a long time, kind of like wanting to dust off my <laughs> lobbying kind of shoes. Um, I think there should be regulation and f accountability for a lot of these social media networks like, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. They should be held accountable for allowing people to slander, to threaten, like... I don't know how, like, it's acceptable to, like, send people violent death threats and there's no accountability. You can't even find out who it is. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of this stuff is done anonymously. So how is that acceptable? You know, we live in a society now where it's like there's no accountability. So I think it would be good to heavily, like, regulate all of the social media networks. And are these, like wrestling fans or people in general who are doing this um you know the re the, the internet wrestling community is a very unique animal um they're wonderful for the most part like i always said like when i first started because i did xpw <laughs> i was an xpw as a valet and I, I gigged and everything and you know did the whole thing like I loved it. It was a super fun experience. Like, and I really liked wrestling, but I had the first taste of like what wrestling fans were through that. And I was again, like really positive experience, like from the fans that I got. And there, what I will never forget getting like a few of those wrestling fans to cross over and kind of be personal fans. And I was like, man, they're like the most loyal of any fan I've ever had. Like I've had people, you know, porn fans before, like, They'll show up to shows and the same events and conventions and you see them all the time and they hit you up and you kind of carry on, you know. Mm -hmm. But there's something about wrestling fans. They're devoted, you know. They're ruthless, though, too. Like, they take things so personally. It's a personal attack to them a lot of times, which I get it. You're so heavily invested in something and it means that much to you. And they do, like, they're, they're invested. I get it. But it's, like, to take it to the next step and, like, the threats and, like, I mean, you're talking, like, this, it becomes real then. Mm -hmm. Like, threatening, like, stalkers and, you know, then you're, you're really moving into a world that this is unacceptable. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to be able to separate the fantasy from reality. And a lot of people have a hard time. And I think especially these days, it's particularly hard. Yeah. And it's harder when you have a bunch of fucking dirt sheets, make shit up and post it, cement it all over the internet as if it's fact. And then people believe this. And so like, you should see that some of the comments I get, they're from storylines that people believe, or they're from headlines that are downright, you know, vicious lies. And they take it and they digest it as if it's fact without any research without any integrity to it and they just regurgitate it and it's scary because it's like stupid as it seems that's like our life you know and our safety and our children's lives and their safety and it's like the disregard people have for other people just in general you know is crazy to me it's crazy we've lost touch with who we are as like human beings so It'd be nice to get back to that <laughs> one day.
but I don't know if that's possible with the way things are on the internet, you know? The internet has just destroyed our humanity inside and out. All the, like you said, all the, the, the journalists who, um, who create stories that they say they've heard or they make up on their own um, just to just to get a couple clicks. Yeah, and that's the world we live in too where there's, again, no accountability. And, you know, you don't really say they have sources. Well, who is your source yeah. there? You know, and they tiptoe, you know, on the edge of a lot of things like where it's speculative, yeah. but then they run it as if it's fact. Yes. And people are, are stupid enough and they're, and, you know, they've been engineered yes. to accept that as fact. Yes. So they're not, in a lot of ways, it's like not even their own fault because they're so ignorant that they're like digesting it because they've been trained to. Yes. It's like, oh, if someone wrote that. They probably did their research, yes. you would assume, right? Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh yeah, anything I read, like it should have been reported as, as a fact. journalist. Yeah, a journalist, like with credibility, you know, you're yes. reputable, you... Mm-hmm you report things that are the truth so that you're exposing the truth for everybody. And that's not the case. And particularly in the wrestling community, there's like this weird, a lot of like agendas and like personal vendettas and stuff, which are weird. It's just a bizarre world that exists. Like, like the porn world is in its own little bubble. The wrestling world's in a bigger bubble, but it's like, it's so toxic too. Especially when, um somebody is the the hot topic oh, or one yeah. of the hot topics yeah um you know <laughs> imagine one of them yeah. and they'll just since <laughs> since that's like the person like that all the eyes are now so now it's like we need something while they're hot to keep yeah. continuing this it's undeniably hot like yeah. in every sense of the word because you know, it's like you can't take a shit without somebody writing an article about it. Yeah. It's not necessarily a bad thing, yeah. you know, but it's problematic when it's people have no idea yeah. what the truth is. And mm-hmm. you're hurting people that don't deserve to be hurt and seen in this light. And, you know, it, it's frustrating to watch like as like family members watching, you know, our family members are horrified <laughs> watching and friends and like even like, you know, our friends, it's like. They're like, God, what is this shit? You know, like, don't ask me. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where they come up with half of this stuff. And the thing is, too, is they'll take, like, even, like, an element of the truth, mm-hmm. and it's sensationalized, you know? Put, turn the volume up. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Turn the heat up on it, and it's, like, you know, like, things that w- it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're going to make it that big of a deal. Yeah. And that's just how it is. So, I mean, in some ways, it's, like... What do you do? You know, you can't control what other people do or say. Is it unfortunate? Yes. Is it truthful? No. You know, but it's like you, I get frustrated with it. I have to stop reading stuff and watching it because it's like, I can't take it. You know, like our parents, you know, they're just mortified. They read stuff, you know, I mean, my doctor, like, asks questions about you know, everything going on. And I'm just like, stop reading stuff. Online. <laughs> stop reading stuff online. As I tell them, I was like, don't read it. Just unplug from it. You know, you can't change it because the first reaction too, especially for people that you care about getting attacked relentlessly, constantly is you want to defend them. And it's like, you're, there's no point. <laughs> you're fighting an uphill battle with people that are unreasonable and, you know, they have no integrity and no morals and, low intelligence so it's like there's no point in arguing with these people like just let them they're miserable too like a lot of these people that comment like they'll say the nasty shit about like me and then i go to their like profile and i'm like rough like what <laughs> like how how is that even like a thing that you do you know like and i look at it and i'm just like okay maybe like learn to like some dental hygiene before you can like open your mouth and say something horrible about me and other people. Like, why do you go out of your way to be nasty? But then you see why they do it is because they're, you know, miserable themselves. So again, I just try to like handle that with the world needs more positivity. Mm -hmm. The world needs more of that connection with each other. Mm -hmm. So instead of contributing to it, which would be easy to do is, Even that comment I made, mean, 
you know, like, you know, I could put that back into the universe and be mean back and defensive and, you know, my hurt I could share with other people and inflict it on them, but I choose not to, you know, it's like if people are hurting that much, it's just a reflection of where we are as a society. So what can we do to better that, you know? And so I think contributing in a positive way, even if people are so vile, it's so important to try to, to change that narrative. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's it. And, you know, keeping that mindset because people are, especially these days, like there's so much hostility and anger and hatred, and it's really easy to fall into that. And, you know, I think it takes a lot more strength and, encourage to be above that and to try to make something positive because we all have pain we all have hurt we all have anger you know but to weaponize it and to inflict it on people one you don't even know you know and even like the people i see in the comments they go after each other yeah (laughs) and i'm like this is horrible you know and it just makes me sad and sick to think you know and a lot of these people clearly are not mentally well you know, I mean, this is why people commit suicide too. You know, the bullying, the cyber bullying, and and that's a real thing. You know, so how this is acceptable? Like I've had people, they like will legitimately threaten my life, and I'll report those things. And I don't know if it's because of what I do for a living or because my profile, you know, gets flagged for like adult things just for existing. You know, all the time, they go completely unignored, like ignored, completely. And, you know, won't be, the comments won't Elon, even be removed. Elon. I know, Elon. We need you to step it up, Elon. Yeah. Elon. Like, it's, you know, one of those things, the, um, in the, it, they're overwhelmed with that too. Like their reporting systems are flawed. Um, you know, if I wear a bikini though, that shit will get taken down in five seconds. But if you report like somebody's like, I don't know if it's credible or not. You know, they're threatening and they say these horrible, nasty, vile things. And like, they'll let that sit up for a year and then they'll address it. And then they'll say, that's fine. You know, (laughs) that was acceptable. That was freedom of speech. It's like, so you're tiptoeing again on this weird line, you know, with, it's like a thin line between freedom of speech and full-blown defamation, in my opinion. So I think the line should be clearer, you know, and people should be responsible for saying things that are damaging and not true so but it's hard and people think too like we don't respond to a lot of things which a lot of people don't respond to a lot of things that are said about them because if you responded to every single negative thing that was said about you that would be your full-time job and i have things to do you know so in that case though because your silence they think that you're you know that's a acceptance of that story or acceptance of their version of the truth it's not like so don't get me wrong like our silence does not mean that all the stories out there are accurate and i think that's another thing that people like misinterpret is you're silent then therefore you're giving it the stamp of approval for it being a, a fact when it's not so just don't feel like arguing with every single fucking stupid thing they say that's wrong yeah. no, I, I understand I understand that um and yeah no i mean it's like you said some people are cruel and but like you said they, they make that their full-time job which is just attacking whoever they feel at their there for the entire day like you look at these people's replies and it's just at this person at this person at all this person time. it's just yeah and it's just that's just what they do all day it's sick so mental health is suffering in our country big time too I think social media reveals that like a lot and it's, you know, even the people, the instability and then just the suffering, you know, of people to go like, that's not normal to behave that way or to react that way. Um, we've normalized it because of this outlet that people think, you know, again, too, like people, (laughs) Everybody's entitled to have an opinion, but now people think that because it's broadcasted to the world, potentially, that their opinion matters. Becomes, becomes fact. Yeah. Like, I hate to break it to you, but, like, some people's opinions, they really don't matter. They don't. <laughs> like, 
Nobody wants to hear that, especially if it's negative. You know, what are you contributing to the world? I really like my response. A lot of times people like I'll troll a few of them because they're funny. Like when they spell loser wrong. That's my favorite. <laughs> they spell lo like losers. Yeah. It's L double O. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, you got me there. <laughs> Looser. <laughs> like things like that. But I think it's funny. Like I'll troll it, you know, back. But to be funny, I would never like it's hard because like I'll type stuff out too. A lot of the things like just like, get whatever you like. So I your mind, write like... it out. I type it and then I'm just like, no, I delete it because I'm like, also, I don't respond because that's what they want yeah. too, you know, and that'll be the, the next headline is oh God forbid. Uh, Misha Montana snaps at fan. That'll be well, the that's next what they, like They'll probably make it seem like I like hate wrestling fans. Yeah. I don't. I don't at all. Like, but it's just like this is an, a very transparent picture of like what I have to deal with on a daily basis. And this is just my reality. You know, I wish it wasn't that way. But they're and I'm not saying all of it's bad. You know, like I said, some of my favorite people and fans that I've met and interacted with are wrestling fans. They're wonderful. You know, but it's like. If these some of these people, I wouldn't even call them. I don't know why they're called fans because they're so nasty. I wouldn't call them a fan, you know. Not a fan, so to speak. And they might be like other wrestling fans, but I don't know. It's just there's this weird attachment that people have to it that it just goes beyond normal anything I've ever experienced in my life. So it's an interesting ride. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, and what do you, like? What do you have? What projects are you working on currently? Right now, you know, the baby is the big project yeah. right now. Um, I was multitasking and trying to direct and do all these projects, and it just seemed like it was kind of overwhelming for me. So at the first of the year I'm going back into, I've been writing and trying to get this horror porn I've been wanting to do for the last year and a half that we've kind of messed around with for that long. Um, I want to get that going. So I still am writing and directing and, you know, the current capacity. Um, everybody wants to know if I'm going to go back to performing. I don't know right now. I like performing. I always have. Like, so I just don't know. I just, the, all the doors are open still. I never close doors permanently, you know, so we'll see. But definitely writing and directing is huge for me. I'm working on all kinds of mainstream stuff and, we're doing a clothing line right now, which is taking up a huge amount of time. So it's always busy. There's always something. I can't, like, everyone's like, oh, you're going to be, like, stay-at-home mom and hang out? I'm like, never. Like, I mean, good for people that do it. I could never. Like, I do both, you know, but I couldn't just give up working, period. Like, I'm writing a book. The book I'm trying to have out before Christmas. We'll see. But, um, you know, just always keeping busy with something. There's always something going on. It's never a dull moment around here. I mean, like new endeavors with instead yeah. of writing a book, yeah. um, which I'm like praise all of you write books because I know I couldn't do it. <laughs> it's a lot. It's, it's a lot of a lot of patience. A oh, lot it's of, a lot. Yeah. Well, then you for, you know go through things and it's like for me it's like traumatic because I'm like re relive things too and it's like that was part of it is I had been you know I wanted to write a book for for years and then after the stroke everyone's like you should write a book you should write a book and then i'm like the last year or so add a whole bunch more to it that's the hardest part with writing a book is like there's not an ending so it's kind of hard to you know you start writing it and then yeah. you change it it's like because they're new like life events that happen but i think we're at a good place where uh, you know i want to talk about the book this book particularly focuses a lot on my career and the difficulties in the last year with dealing with my career and um, a lot of the experiences that I had towards the end of, you know, I don't want to say the end of my career because it's not over, but, you know, I was, um, I dealt with a lot of like politics and porn and, and then dealing with, you know, the wrestling community, it impacted my career in a lot of ways. And then having um, a former relationship with somebody who was a power figure then go and you know try to ruin my career intentionally and sabotage it and did a good job at doing so unfortunately so like that kind of stuff is going to be in it that I think you know nobody nobody knows a lot of those stories because I've kept them 
extremely close um, with good reason. But again, and that's another thing, you know, people don't understand is like not saying something as it happens necessarily too. like, I was just trying to deal with it for the last, like the last year has been crazy, you know, a lot of stuff. And every day it's like a different headline about, you know, something or another. So it's just like an honest reflection of dealing with a lot of the things that people have never really heard me address. Like I do in some ways, but I've never really opened it up like to see the whole picture of exactly what it was like to be in that position at that time. So I'm excited for it. I think it'll be cool. Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel like, um, maybe so a lot of things you need to let, let, let loose and definitely. it's good therapy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, okay. And, and loose, like off. how they spell lose, but uh. yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> my looser, let it out. Like loose chain. <laughs> um, so like, there is another uh aspect of the show. Uh, we talk about well, we, you know, is is usually rap, but um, just we could talk about music in general. Oh yeah, oh, I love yeah. music. I'm into it. What uh, what do you listen to when on the regular? You know, I'm all over the. I'm one of those people where like, if you look at my playlist, you're like, what the fuck? Like, it's so <laughs> weird. On a daily basis. Like, I love... Marilyn Manson is, you know, a go-to for me. But then I have, you know, Britney Spears tattooed on my arm. Love Britney. You know, things like that. I'm all over the place. Rap, alternative, rock, pop, anything that's hot. You know? Do you have, like... If, like, if, if you had to name five artists you couldn't go without listening to, who Ooh, would that be? Probably be Marilyn. And then I'd say, like, Imagine Dragons and Britney... And God, I don't know. There's so many, like Cardi, Drake, Eminem. Okay. I, I'm a big like. Even yesterday, like I go through my phases. Like this week, the past couple of weeks, it's been like old school Eminem. Like even like the LPs and mm-hmm. stuff. So I'm like, great albums. Yeah, love I it. I love them. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm I into was it. Rock bottom and role model are like yeah. some of my favorite oh, songs ever. Same. Like in the, his whole. You know, back when he was like heavily using drugs, like yeah. in the uh, D12, like yeah. all that. I just love it. Like, so that's been my latest is like I have the old, the old school Eminem albums. It's, it sounds, it's, it sounds messed up, but I joke with my friends. I was like, you know, Eminem should just start thinking about those drugs again. Cause the music hasn't I been know, the same. It's not horrible. Like, <laughs> the music oh hasn't God. been the same. No, when he, I hated, I remember the, the last album he put out was such shit. Is it Kamikaze? Yeah. The one, like, right before the, the... That was the second to last, I think. Yeah, he had... Uh, Revival was bad to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. there are a few... Because he's been sober, and it's sad to say that. I don't, recovery <laughs> so wasn't sad. all that to me. No, no. This is this is good. The last... Ironically, the last good album... The last album I thought was good by Eminem was Relapse. Yeah. And I think that's what I know. we, that's what we figures, need. figures, right? <laughs> Sorry, sorry, sorry Marshall. Sacrifice your health. He just turned fifty-one yesterday too, and I felt so old because I was like in middle school, going to Tower Records, trying to get my mom to buy the like explicit version. We're like thirteen. I'm like that motherfucker is fifty-one years old. So old. I know. Can you believe that? I didn't know he was fifty. I didn't know he was fifty-one. You know another thing, Jack Nicholson. I didn't know he was like ninety. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson's like almost 90, I think, is what we saw something the other day. And I was like, no, he can't be. You picture like Jack Nicholson at the basketball court. Like yeah, his yeah a Laker game. The just, girls. Yep. And I'm like, no, he can't be 90. You're killing me right now. Like, what? He's in his either 80s or like 90. It's close to 90. But even like 80s. I'm like, Jack Nicholson. 80s. Well, Al Pacino's up there. And he just had a baby. That guy. What a guy. Better than me. Cause <laughs> he's like 95 having <laughs> having, having babies. babies. So selfish. I think. I know. Selfish. I know. Cause, that's not fair. Yeah, because that kid's going to be like two and he'll yeah. be gone. Well, like, God forbid. Sorry. People are like money, you know, they're like, oh, it's money. Money is not everything, you know. It's not, but like, damn. But like, <laughs> I mean, you'll be set if Al I mean, Pacino is your dad. He's like my great grandfather's age. Oh, I know. And having kids, I think it's weird. I think you should stop it. Like, a, you know, even me now, I'm like, 
I'm 33 and I'm like, I feel, I'm like close to being considered a geriatric pregnancy here. Okay. So I'm like, which sounds ridiculous, but it's like, I get it. This pregnancy is so much harder this time than it was with my son, like day and night difference. I was like 26, like, oh, I'm so hot and being pregnant. Love it. Like <laughs> running around and now I'm just like, kill me every second. <laughs> so I get it. But, and that's because you're older. <laughs> so people say that they're like, you're seven years older than you were then. I'm like, yeah feel like 70 with the older. the knees gone the back gone i can't stand up I, like it's <laughs> embarrassing like i literally feel like a turtle like at night i'll get to a point i'll be sitting on the couch i can't get up it just my feet won't work my hips won't work my back doesn't work and i have to like you know waddle my way hunched over to the bed like this is embarrassing like this i shouldn't be this 33 years old like what is happening I don't know. I feel that. Trust and believe, man. <laughs> I can't. Like, I don't know how Jack Nicholson's doing it at ninety. You know, like what's happening? Eminem at fifty. What? Yeah. And he's been through some hard, hard moments in his life. You know. Uh, I mean, you know, he got passed through twenty of them on, on drugs. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And was oh, making the best it. music ever. <laughs> oh, I know. I love it. Eminem is definitely like, a fave. A fave. Yeah. Eminem's a fave. Yeah, uh, Drake loses me every now and then. He's losing me right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little lost of him right now. Yeah. And then his son started. <laughs> He's very cute. His son yeah, little Ice Spice. He's so. Oh my god, little Ice Spice. So blonde, Ice Spice. Wasn't there that picture of like the his baby mama with like the tennis coach that looks way more like him than he does? Did you see this? No, the but, guy's no. like blonde with curly hair, like Adonis is, and then it's like this is the real father. Find out Adonis's dad is Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, but they had to have done a DNA test, like you know. He said he did. I'm sure they did. I'm he. He said he did, and he. I mean, I don't know what doctor he went to. I don't know if he went to her doctor. <laughs> well, you know, that was like Blueface saying that uh, Krishan photoshopped the DNA. Test. Which I wouldn't be surprised because the, her ex-boyfriend came out like and had a picture of the baby. Aubrey. Like, That's mine. Aubrey. You might have to uh, run that back. <laughs> run that DNA you test back. You think somebody though with that much wealth to lose, they'd be the first thing to be like, is that's a DNA test. People bug me about getting a DNA test though. Like all the time they're like, oh, I know that that's not his kid. And I'm like, oh my God. So... Uh, like what am I supposed to post like the results of our DNA tests when it comes like the people with the DNA test is weird and again like like Krishan could have photoshopped her blue face one so you know it's probably not that hard I think with 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 success and money I think you know I think just Drake just lost that uh he lost that hunger yeah they do I think that was part of Eminem's problem no, no, Eminem was drugs. Nah, no, <laughs> Eminem right. got clean. I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, no, no, Eminem got clean. That's the, that was his thing. That was his, you know, and it, oh, and Haley's grown now, so he doesn't, you know, know, he doesn't She's have Haley. He doesn't have Haley stories. So like, Her cute so, little yeah, he need, maybe he needs another kid. Yeah, there you go. That's probably well, I was gonna say bad idea, but he's sober now. Just, yeah, I mean, he wasn't. A, I was listening to it like, <laughs> um, which freaking song is it? Sing for the moment. Yeah, and like where he's talking about. Yeah, yeah, sampling, like, I love it. And, you know, one of the lines that he's talking about where, you know, because he dealt with all the, like, the bullshit from, like, the court systems, and they were, like, saying he was a bad dad. I mean, they were, we were kids, like, it was on the cover of Newsweek, like, mm -hmm. your kids are being exposed to this monster of a human, like, yeah. don't let them, you know, listen to this shit. And it was interesting, like, re-listening to it and then thinking about that, like, back then, you know, dealing with, and Britney Spears, everybody was on the covers for just their outrageous behavior. Yeah. Now it's like, how dare you? <laughs> now it's like, I don't know. It's like glorified yeah. to be that way, to yeah. be outrageous. That's what's like a bummer. Like being outrageous was so cool. Well, I mean, he couldn't say a lot of the things he was saying at that time now. He couldn't, you couldn't, can anybody say anything though these days? Like, uh, but he was saying he said some crazy shit uh, don't get me wrong like and then like there's a lot of like like imagine if or... he made the song kim today i know that's or like uh same song and dance <laughs> there's a few of them where it's like yeah that would not have been a thing no uh-uh even that well they you see that all the tiktok kids are trying to cancel eminem 
recently, and I was like, yeah, good luck with that. You can't cancel Eminem. What's it trying to cancel? Like, like South Park wouldn't survive. I mean, which is, I don't know how it does survive. I don't know how it does now. Right? People just have accepted that that's I how guess it so. is. I guess so. Like, that's this it's is grandfathered it. in. Yeah, we've grandfathered South Park in, but everything else is sensitive, and we're upset about it. Yeah. So they could try to cancel Eminem all you want. But at the end of the day, Eminem has the most Grammys ever. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't tried to take them away. Yeah, they'll probably get on that at some point. I don't know. I feel like the cancel culture, though, is going to... It's backfiring. It was so well-intentioned, but I think, like, you know, it's gone so far. It's just obscene how far it's gone. Eminem, Eminem, he made enough bad music that America liked, um... To to cancel out. Redemption? Yeah, to redeem that, like... (laughs) Yeah, it's redemption. Yeah, like, uh... But his sober yeah, yeah, like he, you know, the not afraid, terrible yeah. song, um, but America loved it, and so I think he he did enough to cancel. He balanced himself now. Yeah. So maybe yeah. maybe that's what maybe that's what we, we, we need, need to do. Maybe just, just balance. Yeah, uh, like I don't yeah. know. We'll try. We'll see. <laughs> one day at a time. Yeah, we'll take we'll take it one day at a time. <laughs> Everything's one day at a time. But um. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for... Oh, thank you. It's such a pleasure. Yeah, this is great. I love it. We could talk for all day long. I know. I know. (laughs) Thank you for having me. No, thank you so much. Um, Let them know where they can uh, reach out to you, uh, you know, or anything they could like, website, all the good stuff. Well, you can find me on socials. All of them are at the Misha Montana and then MishaMontana.com and myonlyfans.com slash MishaMontana. All kinds of good stuff. So... And uh, book, book coming. Look forward to that. Writing the Halloween new movie, fun stuff. Yeah. Directing new fun stuff. All kinds of good things coming. Mm-hmm. Got new photo things coming. You know, I wanted to jump back into modeling again. So hopefully, some new modeling cool things will come. We'll see. You know, okay. all kinds of things. So clothing line. Oh yeah, clothing line coming. That's a big one. Yeah, that'll be fun. It's really cool. It's a wrestling related one too, so it's a little bit of porn wrestling combo. So that'll be good. But yeah. All right. I mean, I'm not. I'm excited. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's cool. It's dope. Trust me, it's dope. It's dope. So. All right. Well, um, again, thank you, thank you again, um, for coming, and make sure you guys check all all the sites out. I'll have them like right under. (laughs) Yeah, right there, and um, yeah, make sure you guys. Give her a shout. Give her a follow. Um, I want to thank um, Off the Rope. I want to thank Elite Photos. I yes, want to thank. Me too. I want to thank Al. Appreciate you guys. Um, uh, Stunners and Stoners. Um, and yeah, man, thank y'all so much for tuning in. Till next time. Going hit the ATM a couple cars, nigga ain't showing no face. I've been losing my mind, so I'm back on these pills. Fighting these demons, you know what I feel. Got me a pattern while I'm back in the field. It been so long, I wonder do I heal. Snakes in the grass, so I'm keeping it real. Feel like I'm hustling on top of the hill. Told these bitch niggas not signing no deal. I'm in the trap till I get me.